0: What's up, Grace Life? I call it Grace Life because when you really embrace grace, it's not just a church. It's a way of life. Come on, somebody say, I really embrace grace in my life, man. I'm excited to be here. I love, uh, really love your pastor. He's awesome. And uh, his wife, Cynthia, that's my mother-in-law name, so that's easy to remember. Um, I don't know why the whole band just decided to leave. I just, the atmosphere was so amazing. I just, you know, just thought. I don't want to interrupt what God's doing. Could you grab uh, your Bibles if you have them? Man, I never heard that song before, did y'all write that? That's so cool, that was a great song. No? The, um, the last one. Yes? Whoa, mixed reviews. It's a worship conference, how many worshipers are here? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really pumped to be here, man, and um, I'm honored to be here. And I think we're going to have some fun. And I do have a, a few things to share. I don't think I might not need this stool. I'm not 89 like Pastor Fuller, so I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. Uh, so Um Jokes. So the, the concept of this conference here at uh, Grace Covenant, I've been told, is. Um, about worship and from the Lord's prayer that thy kingdom comes, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, it's God's will for earth to look like heaven. I I studied this guy by the name of Dr. Miles Monroe. You should look him up. He's, he's a genius, man. Yeah, and um, he says this. He says if the goal For God was simply for us to get to heaven. And we die after we got saved. Just think about it. How many people would be reluctant to give your life to Christ then? You'd be like, man, right? But he said, that can't be the goal. It's not to get earth to heaven. You're saved, redeemed, in order to get heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, so the desire of God is for earth to reflect what's happening in heaven. His kingdom is established and his will is achieved only when we surrender. (laughs) Really, the, the word worship could be synonymous with the word surrender. There is no worship without surrender. There is no worship without sacrifice. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible, I'm sure you know this, there was no music involved. It was when God told Abraham to sacrifice your son. So worship only exists with sacrifice and surrender. Ask somebody, how surrendered are you? We're going to read Acts chapter 16, which is a a passage you probably wouldn't originally, you know, think has anything to do with worship. It's a passage of Paul and Silas. They got beat up and thrown in prison. She's like what does that have anything to do with corporate worship but I found so many great truths in this text about how to navigate through corporate worship moments you got your bibles your app how many people got an old school you actually got a bible you still got you got a bible I got 20 dollars for everybody who has a bible monopoly money it's the oldest joke it's the oldest joke it's the oldest joke Um, So, here's what I discovered. Here's what I discovered. I'm going to give you a few things to write down. Something I discovered. Freedom is not the goal. Surrender is. Freedom is inevitable when he shows up. But the question now becomes, how do we steward the freedom he's given us? I love the story of Exodus about the, the children of Israel who gets delivered, right? They get delivered, and what they taught us in school was that the deliverance had nothing to do with them. It's just the mercy of God. They got delivered. God did it for them. The Red Sea was split. The Red Sea is to the Old Testament, where the cross is to the New Testament. So they get delivered out of it, right? They get free. But the question now is, what do you do with the freedom you've been given? And I, I, I really think that so many times in church, we highlight and praise about the freedom we have. When the concern of heaven is not the fact that you're free, heaven's like, duh. <laughs> what are you doing with the freedom that you have? Acts chapter 16. You ready? Sometimes I just keep talking till you, till you find it. I'm one of those that take me a little while. Here we go. Um, I'm going to actually start at verse 25. Verse 25. So they get beat up. You know the story. They're thrown in prison. Here we go. We're going to start right here. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Boy, that's the kind of church I want to be in. (laughs) Half of y'all be like, oh, that's my cue. I don't know what y'all got going on in here. It's an earthquake. And immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were loosed. I love this so much. This should encourage somebody when you're the only praiser in your house. It's okay. Don't worry about your kids. You just keep praising. They're going to get free, too. I love this. There are People in there just hanging out, but they hear it. Man, that's how powerful your praise is. My mama didn't wait on me. She will just out. It didn't matter what I did the night before. My mom, she used to wake me up. See, y'all don't do this anymore. She will wake me up with Crisco praying all just everywhere in the room just... <laughs> The blood, the blood, the blood. The blood. <laughs> she didn't wait on me to get saved. And the keeper of the prison, awakened from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice. Saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. What was Paul smoking? Wait a minute, bro. (laughs) Just wait a minute. You going to beat me? God going to free me? And I'm going to stay? Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out saying, sirs, what must I do to be? Save. There's so much that I want to unpack here. Um, if there's a countdown clock, you might want to give it to me because we'll be in here until midnight. Because the Bible says at midnight. <laughs> to somebody, I was like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> First thing I want to look at here is how the whole verse starts. It starts off with the word but. Everything before this happens, and it's terrible, right? They get falsely accused. And let me bring it to the 21st century. If this happened today, Paul and Silas are a hashtag. They're on everybody's Facebook and Instagram. They got beat up for no reason, put in prison, not just in prison, in the inner parts of the prison with chains on their hands, on their feet, and they did nothing but obey God. Have you ever obeyed God and found yourself bound? That's the tough part right there, man. How am I broken? I followed an instruction. How is my life ending up like this? But God, I thought I heard you. You were so loud and clear, and so I obeyed you, and now I'm here. And now they are here stuck in a predicament. But here's the part I love. It says, but at midnight. This shows me something. It shows me something. Because I don't think any of us have it as bad as Paul and Silas right now. I know your situation's bad, but you're not beat up in prison right now. You're in air conditioned and everybody's looking good. You got on your chapstick. You don't look like your testimony. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. They praise God in spite of their circumstance. This lets me know that my praise is not conditional. I don't praise God because everything adds up. I don't praise God because I got money enough to take care of my bills. I don't praise God because my marriage is flawless. I praise God because of who he is. It has nothing to do with my circumstance. They praise God in spite of him. Now watch what happens. They have a predetermined praise and they praise God and praise and worship causes your flesh to decrease. Praise magnifies God. And so the louder they are, the more God flex in the room. Man, have you ever walked in church and you had some real stuff going on, but the louder you sung, the more you forgot about Amen. what was happening? Why? Because he showed up. Amen. And whenever he is, his kingdom is. And it starts to get established. Psalms 150 gives us the only criteria for praise. A lot of people are like, is Kanye for real? I don't know about that. Psalm 50 has the only criteria for praise. It says, let everything that have breath. <laughs> if you're breathing... And here's the truth. The Bible says either you're going to do it now or later because every knee will bow. Come on. Every tongue will confess. And so the Bible says everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Here's, here's how I like to th- try to think about praise. I was watching a movie called Batman. All right, very spiritual movie. I was watching it. <laughs> and in the movie, Batman has no superpowers at all. He's the most insignificant superhero he's just rich right he's a rich orphan and he has nothing uh he's weird and dark and creepy but he, he has something that no one else has he has a signal and whenever the signal goes up batman shows up you ever see that like the commissioner everything be going on uh bruce wayne he be, he be a little tipsy you know at a party and when he sees the sign He shows up to the circumstance. This is how powerful our praise is. That's why the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. Don't judge me when I'm loud and when I'm jumping and when I'm leaping and when I'm laying before God. Because what you don't understand is I'm lifting up a signal. And when I lift up a shout, God responds to my hallelujah. Come on, man. I'm lifting up a signal. So watch this. Praise is my invitation for him to show up. And that's great. Have you ever been invited to somewhere, but they didn't have anything for you? Like, how are you going to invite me? Like, I got your invite, and now I'm here, you know what? There's nowhere for me to sit. Nothing, nothing left to eat. What kind of party is this, man? What's really going on? And I am wondering how many times we do that, because praise gets them in the room, worship keeps them in the room. Worship is proof if if our praise was false advertisement or not. Praise is just shooting him an evite. Hey, God, here's the sign. Come, you can show up. And then he comes, and I wonder how many churches across our cookie-cutter American Sunday mornings do God walk in and walk out empty-handed. My new question, we have all these KPIs, I'm a pastor in South Carolina, we, we ask, you know, how, how was this? We have goals that we want to reach. My new question now on Mondays when we come in, I, I, I want to know, did God get what he came for yesterday? Yeah, I know, I know all this other stuff. I know y'all want me to preach in 30 minutes. I know I was 41 minutes. But listen, <laughs> did God get what he came for? Because God comes looking for worship. This is what I learned with Paul and Silas, and I love it so much. They praise him where he is, but when he gets there, they begin worshiping. And here's how they begin worshiping, because remember what I told you, worship is not a song. It's a sacrifice. They host his presence. Isn't that amazing? They, They begin hosting the presence of God. He's there, and now they're listening. I wrote this down. I think this is amazing. Maybe you should write it down. This is really cool. You should write it down. (laughs) The evidence of the spirit with you is the absence of change. Right? He's with you. Cool. You're free. And the Bible says that 2 Corinthians 317. That where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Evidence of the spirit with you is the absence of change. The evidence of the spirit in you is not just freedom. It's surrender. Here's the part of the story that, that tripped me out. And I'm done right here. This is part of the story that was just amazing to me. They praise God, he shows up. They get free, but they stay. Why did they stay? I think, I think really we've highlighted a part of the story that's not even maybe the highlight in heaven. We've highlighted the freedom. And that's great. But that's, that's just going to happen. You're supposed to get free when the spirit is with you. It's awesome! Cool for you! But did you, know, did you know that freedom is not a fruit of the spirit? Self-control is? They remain. I know if a spirit is in you by your ability to stand in the midst of a trial. They were in no rush out. Why? Because they weren't instructed to move. Now, that, that's what I want right there. I want that kind of thing. That's the kind of Christianity that I want because I'm in a rush to do everything in life. My wife being in the airport, I be like, baby, listen, ask for me and my bags. We will make this flight. <laughs> and you can be cute all you want to. I didn't tell you to wear heels anyway. So I'm always in a rush. But these guys are in no rush. They stand in the midst of trouble. That's worship. That's worship. That I have the ability to get out of this, but I'm not bound to the chains. I'm bound to your word. (laughs) This is for the woman who your husband cheated, and by law, you could leave, but God told you not to. This is for the employee who your, your, your boss is, trip, is tripping and he, he, he trifling and, and he ratchet and you trying to be righteous. And <laughs> you remaining on the job and you could turn them in. You could go and file a report against them but God told you not to say anything. Can you remain bound to a word of God? Even when you have the opportunity to do what your flesh want to do because everything in their flesh probably told them if y'all don't get up out of this prison you got you got every reason to leave logically it makes sense to do what you want but God didn't show up just for their praise he showed up for an exchange of their will that's worship That's worship. Worship is my ability to give God what he wants even when I don't feel like it. Because like I told you in Psalms 150, when God comes looking for praise, he looks for breath. When he comes looking for worship, he's looking for death. The difference between Cain and Abel. And I have the opportunity, I travel all over the world, and it would amaze you, especially in Africa, the passion that I see. It convicts me every time I come back to America. We're over there, and we're at this one venue, and it was jam-packed, man. And and this woman was laying outside with her face in mud worshiping God. And we have our lattes. And it's just too inconvenient, God. I just, this isn't my favorite song, God, so I'm going to sit this one out. When we're we're reading lyrics, this isn't karaoke. Romans 12, I I never saw this as a worship scripture either. I just saw this last week, Romans 12. Don't be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your... The reason I'm singing along with them is because every time I allow his truth to come out of me, my mind is being renewed. And God is so wise, he'll get you to sing what you'll never say. give myself away. He's like, there it is. That's what I want. Come on. Come on. That's it. My life is not mine. I've been trying to tell you that for 25 years. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now you're getting it. And your mind is catching up to what your spirit has always known. Oh my God. The Bible says before I formed you, I knew you in your mother's womb. Listen, to know means that there was a, there was a relationship that existed. I mean, you and God had something before you had breath. They said, I already had a plan for you, and I sent you into the earth so that my kingdom can be established here. It will not happen without your surrender. The devil don't mind you being busy. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just busy. I'm just, I'm just busy. I just gotta get to the church because I'm just busy. I'm just did you know that you could be working for God but without God? All the attacks of the enemy can be summed up in one sentence. He is after your surrender. That's why you can binge watch on Netflix all day and no one will bother you. You ever notice that? Just watch something that don't make sense. You can watch. Your kids, you have a two-year-old serving you water. Mom, how may I help you? Let me. Can I massage your feet for you? I mean, everybody's getting along. But as soon as you make a decision and say, God, I'm going to give you five minutes, your doorbell start ringing. Come on, you got mail. You haven't heard that in 10 years. It just pop up. Your phone going crazy. Your kid's fighting because the devil is after your surrender because he knows that if you ever give God your yes, he's in trouble. Everything on the inside of you is waiting on your Yes. You will be frustrated without a yes to him. You will exist in a cycle of life without a yes to him. And that's what I learned. That's what I learned from Paul and Silas here, y'all. Their praise got them in. Their worship hosted them. God, I know. I know this situation is not conducive. I know this ain't fancy. I know it's it's smelly and bloody in here, but you're here. I'm beaten, I'm stripped, I'm embarrassed, but but you're here. And so because you're here, I'm going to host you. What do you want, God? I want you to stay. Okay. I want you to stand. Okay. I want you to slow down. Why? Why? Because God doesn't see a mile away. He sees an eternity away. Yes. Can I tell you why they couldn't leave? Because the jailer mattered to God. Yes. Yes. This is why your worship is so important. You can live without a lot of things. You can't live without worship. Because when I worship, I get a perspective from heaven that my flesh will never comprehend. Everything in me tells me to escape discomfort, to escape danger. But a spirit rises in me and says, there's something else I want to do here. There's something for those of you. I know this is a worship conference. The people from everywhere, and you might be discouraged because your church isn't as cool as this one. You're like we don't have lights and a big stage, but God wants you to show up Sunday after Sunday and attempt to lead people somewhere that they really don't want to go. Moses. He says, "Can you? Can you stay? Can you? Can you open your heart?" to my voice because the jailer matters to me without their worship there would have been some kids growing up in Philippi without a dad a wife without a husband this man received salvation because of their yes (laughs) Takes them to his house wash their wombs and the Bible says his entire household is saved Because they weren't in a rush. It's not good enough, y'all, to get him here. Do we listen when he comes? We walk away from service. Oh, I felt God. It's not about our feeling. It's It's not about us feeling good. It's about him feeling good. And let me tell you something. I know the difference in whether you worshiped or not. Because not many people walk away from worship like, Ooh, that felt great. You walk away like, oh, my God, he is requiring that of me. Oh, my God, he told me to forgive them. Oh, my God, he told me to walk away from that. That's what worship is. It's not a song. All through the Old Testament, worship was bloody. That's what the priest did to enter the holies of holies. It's supposed to sting. It's supposed to hurt. But God loves it. He comes looking for it. You know, the Bible, one of the only places I see a weakness of God in the Scripture, and I know he has none, in John 4, the woman comes at the well. They're having this conversation. It's a divine appointment, a beautiful story. But he tells you this. Jesus says this, the Father seeking for someone. Who will worship Him The Spirit? How, How is God searching for anything? I mean, it's not easily found. He's finding praise, but He's searching for worship. He's searching for someone who will make an exchange. Worship doesn't exist without the word, yes. He's searching for someone that'll give Him everything and hold on to nothing else. Can we stand together? I'm done. you're free to worship the Bible says something powerful in Exodus chapter 9 God speaks to, to Moses and tell him hey go tell Pharaoh this tell him let my people go and I know we all know that part right let my people go you know Fresh Prince we all know that part <laughs> but freedom was not the goal let my people go comma so come on that they may worship he frees you for the exchange he frees you for the surrender not to just be free because if i'm free and left to myself i'm gonna be in trouble i'm gonna rush out of stuff way too fast Jesus was never in a rush. He never ran. We never read about that. The only time he ever rides anything is going into Jerusalem on the triumphal entry. And isn't it funny? Jesus raises from the dead. And the Bible says he folds his clothes. What? Jesus like, Mary taught me my manners. I'm going to go ahead and listen. I know I'm resurrected. I am not trying to get on punishment with this crazy woman. Amen my clothes up I think why this is significant because it shows that even risen he's in no rush it's Jesus way of telling the enemy the grave wasn't holding me here I was bound by a word of God man that's why Paul and Silas stayed they weren't bound by chains they were bound by a word of God would you lift your hands for a moment Jesus, we love you. Father, I'm going to ask that you would speak again. Speak again. Eli told Samuel to to simply say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So, Father, would you speak again? Give us the, the small instructions. I know so many times we get distracted by the big vision and the big goal. But but what is the next step? The Lord's Prayer says, give me this day my daily bread. What do you want me to do today? What do you not want me to do today? Open my heart to receive your, your word, your truth, so that my life is worship. My worship is not... Is not reserved for a Sunday morning, but every day I worship you, not by a song, but by surrender. Surrender. My will for yours, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate them.